When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the official Wildcat Podcast, presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. Now, with almost 50 combined years on the K-State Sports Network, here are your hosts, Wyatt Thompson and Stan Weber. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Weekly Podcast, presented each week by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. I'm Wyatt Thompson, Stan Weber. Alongside, too, as we talk about Kansas State football and men's basketball. It is that crossover season, and boy, are we in the middle of it. And Kansas State football is rolling at the moment. They are 6-2. and two. They are 3-2 and two in the Big 12. After clubbing the Kansas Jayhawks in Lawrence in the Sunflower Showdown last weekend, 38-10, to 10, K-State will play in Austin this weekend at 2.30, and we'll preview the Longhorns for you here in a moment. Stan, just a couple of thoughts about the game in Lawrence. I think a lot of people, and rightfully so, were expecting a tight, tense, tough game. It did not turn out that way. A very dominating K-State performance for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, the football team went out there and played at a very high level. They had done that against Oklahoma, obviously, and caught the nation's attention with that 11 o'clock kickoff against the Sooners. Everyone was interested in uh, would K-State continue on and get the upset done. They did, and a lot of people were looking around saying that K-State team is playing at a very high level. Look at Skylar Thompson. Defense is making plays. But you needed to go and prove it one more time, and you do it against a Kansas team that had gotten – 500 yards of total offense under Brett Dielman, their new offensive coordinator in each of the previous two games. They'd taken Texas right down to the end, scored over 40 points. They beat Texas Tech, and things were rolling. They are very dangerous with Puka Williams as the running back. So there's plenty of reason with the game being in Lawrence and a new head coach in Les Miles that won a national championship at LSU. 
to think that uh, Kansas would be ready, playing at a high level, hard to stop, and that it would be a competitive game. Uh, and, and it had a chance to be that. But K-State just squeezed the game, controlled it, held the football for 38 minutes, ran it over 60 times, ran for over 350 yards at rushing, and were the more physical uh, football team. Very disciplined on the defensive side as well, getting a couple of turnovers, but not allowing Puka Williams to become a big factor. And the long throwing of Carter Stanley did not hurt K-State as well. So a super impressive performance by that defense, which basically held Kansas to three points and in 150 yards. There was a last uh, drive touchdown for Kansas against some backups on the K-State side on the defensive side. But really, total domination by the defense for the Wildcats was very impressive uh, after facing Oklahoma and Kansas. That's two high-powered offenses, and they do the job each week getting better and better. And then the offense, so much credit for Skylar Thompson running for over 100 yards for the first time in his career, stepping it up, making big plays, almost playing a flawless game from the offensive side. The offensive line came off the ball because you've got to note that K-State had started to run the ball well, just like you might expect that they would against Oklahoma, but they did that with guys who have been very reliable this year, and James Gilbert and then, uh, and, and then Jordan Brown. These guys uh, obviously are big-time backs and doing a good job in the K-State system, but they weren't available. They did not play, basically. So you, you're looking at Harry Trotter, the third team back, and others who needed to step up and make plays, and they did the job as well, Wyatt. So that offensive line, Skylar Thompson in a running game and passing game, and then those backs coming in, led by Harry Trotter, you know, he did a very nice job. He made the key runs, those third-down conversions. K-State, I believe, was 11 of 17 converting third downs, and a lot of those were short runs by Harry Trotter. So congratulations to a young man who started his life uh, in high school career in Kansas, ended up playing for Louisville for a while, and he gets to be the starting running back for K-State against KU and Lawrence and did a great job. Big win for K-State in dominating fashion, and it's not a cut down to Kansas. We don't sit here, Wyatt, and say, what's wrong with KU? There's nothing wrong with KU. We should think of them exactly as we thought about them going into the game, but K-State is better, and that is a heck of a statement. And I think that uh, we see a little bit of that respect coming around the nation because the poll this week came out for the first time with the college football playoff, and they rated the Wildcats the number 16 team in the country. So we're seeing this Chris Kleiman version of the Wildcats kick into gear like we've seen Bill Snyder team so often, Wyatt. Very impressive what they've done the last three games winning those games. Oh, it has been impressive for sure. Staying with the defensive theme here, if you don't mind for a second, I think it's one thing to take away the deep throwing or slow down the deep throwing of Carter Stanley, but it's another to do that and to him in that running back Puka Williams. You know the technical side of the game much better than most. How did K-State pull that off? What did they do so well to get that job done on Saturday like that? Well, first of all, the physicality is a big point. Uh, they were better. The defensive front was better, Wyatt, than the Kansas offensive line, a veteran offensive line. So that was impressive. You know, Trey Deshaun and and uh, Mitty and those guys up front, Wyatt Hubert, you can just keep going right down the, the line. Reggie Walker had a very good game. Ball came into the game. Those guys set the tone at the line of scrimmage. They not only were physically good, Wyatt, they also kept their position. They didn't chase Puka to allow a gap where he could cut back. Everyone dominated their gap, let the linebackers run through, the safeties get there, and just kind of hemmed him in all day long. I think there was one time he spun out 
in the first quarter and had a nine-yard gain that looked like the Puka Williams that you're used to seeing. Uh, other than that, they didn't let him get outside their edge. That was the key thing. Make him funnel toward the middle and then be physically strong enough up front to handle things so that you're getting off your block. Those things occurred all day, and therefore, Puka did not look that dangerous, surprisingly. But the other thing that they did, and that really no one has been able to do very well, is get pressure on the quarterback, Carter Stanley. So while they were winning their position battle and, and not trying to fly past the offensive line, you can't do that with Puka. Draw, screens, why you can't just go after the quarterback. So to do it, you got to be very methodical and go up and beat your guy, physically move him back, have control of him. If you want him on your inside, keep him there, and then be ready, if you see it's a pass, to shed that block and create pressure on the quarterback. And really, K-State's the first team to do that against Kansas, to get to Carter Stanley. Trey Deshaun credited with two sacks. But as you know, Wyatt, stats don't necessarily tell the whole story. Carter Stanley was going down with many Wildcats getting there and crushing him, the pocket just collapsing, and then forcing him into a couple of bad throws as well. Uh, it was it was a great job of not only saying we're going to stop the running game first, but we're going to work our way to the quarterback, and they got there. They got home, and that was a big factor that Kansas – didn't have time to sit in the pocket and throw the ball, and suddenly you saw a dominant defense. Not not just an effective defense, not just right. one that got turnovers like they did against Oklahoma, one that just flat out dominated that game. Well, one thing that Kansas State has done in the last couple of weeks in a victory at home against Oklahoma and then a win last Saturday at their rival Kansas, if you look at the standings in the league as we go into the second week of November, it's quite a race. You've got 5 and 0 Baylor, 4 and 1 Oklahoma, and then three teams with just two losses at 3 and 2. K-State, Iowa State, and Texas, and of course the Cats and the Longhorns play in Austin on Saturday. I, I guess I would ask you this. Has K-State put itself in the race to maybe play in that Big 12 championship game? Yes, there's that possibility, and obviously we are very engaged in how this process works so we could get into that game by game mentality why and that's truly sure. where we are you know the k-state is going to play a ton of games that are super competitive expected to be close on the scoreboard that's what i said big 12 football is about who can win their share of the close game so and you look at the last four games you would expect with your best mind projection that these are going to be four close games you could go four and oh oh and four anything in between but We'll get away from that coach talk for a second here, Wyatt, and jump in with the fans and say, let's put our hat on about the question that you asked. Could K-State be a part of that Big 12 championship game in Dallas? And the answer is yes. Now, what would K-State need to do? Well, first of all, where they're sitting right now, they're with a they're bunch of teams, but they can separate from them. So it's all about evaluating Oklahoma and Baylor. K-State beat Oklahoma. So if K-State were to win out, and you probably need to win out to be in a discussion with Oklahoma, I would assume. But if K-State were able to win the last four games, then Oklahoma lose one time, K-State would have the tiebreaker on Oklahoma, and you have a big chance of being a part of the Big 12 championship game. Now is Oklahoma likely to lose a game? That's probably not a great bet, but right. it's a possibility. They play games against Baylor yet, and they play at Oklahoma State. Then let's look at Baylor. They're the other team that you've got to evaluate, and they beat K-State head-to-head, so they have a tiebreaker. K-State has two losses. So to make this simple, Baylor needs to lose three games for them to not win a tiebreaker over K-State. So when you're thinking about the odds, Wyatt, of, of are they going to get in, you just ask yourself, do you think Baylor is going to lose three games? 
or do you think Oklahoma is going to lose one game? And then can K-State do the work? And the only way that this evaluation makes any sense and that you you stand up with a straight face and say <laughs> K-State's really in a race is you win out. So we're not projecting that they win out. We're just asking the question, if they were to win out, would they be in there? And they have a real chance. Uh, you know, Baylor's got a hard part of their schedule left, and we'll see how they fare. Uh, their quarterback's a little bit beat up now. They lost their middle linebacker. And why it changes when people start looking at you as the hunted. You know, Baylor came into the season thought to be a, just a solid football team. Uh, but now they're cranking their way up the rankings near the top 10 in the country. And suddenly things are going to swing uh, where they're attacked. And remember how hard that is. K-State fans, you've been through it. Uh, when Bill Snyder's teams won nine games and then on to 11, it was so hard to win 11 again and again because everyone gave you their best effort. They scouted you like crazy. Their fans were super excited about the opportunity if you were on the road playing them. And the best example I can give you of that this year, Wyatt, we got a pretty darn good football team, Iowa State out there, who's sitting with a mindset of, are they disappointed? You know, there was so much pressure on them starting the season as a ranked team. People are disappointed. And I think part of the problem for Iowa State this year and why they lost some of those games is that they were the team everyone was going after, given their best effort. And, and probably the best example of that is do you realize a big game and this whole thing was Iowa State at Baylor. When Iowa State was the favorite, Baylor was the underdog kind of sneaking up on them and won a close game. If we replay that game today, Wyatt, where Baylor is supposedly the favorite and Iowa State can kind of sneak up on them, I tell you it would be a big psychological advantage for Iowa State because the teams aren't really different. It's just a mindset. So let's see how Baylor handles this. Will they possibly lose three games? You never can say with this much left in the season and that they're undefeated that you would expect it to happen. But it's a possibility. Uh, K-State's just got to keep playing and playing and, and just get better for the future. Remember, we were looking at a team that's picked ninth in the conference, and Coach Kleiman had a simple attitude. Let's just get better every day. Let's worry about the process, and let's build this program over time. The fact that we're seeing the results of it now and reaping uh, the fruits of their labor already, Wyatt, is just a bonus coverage. Congratulations to this coaching staff, this football team, and what they've done. And, oh, by the way, thank you. We are bowl eligible again already, Wyatt. They've beaten Kansas. They've upset Oklahoma. Uh, they went on the road and beat Mississippi State in an SEC site. I mean, this is unbelievable. The process is the key. But boy, I'm sure liking the results we're already getting in 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly why I asked. Nobody will look at it and break it down and explain it quite like that. I'm Wyatt Thompson. He's Stan Weber. We're getting you set for K-State in Texas this weekend. But uh, before we talk a little bit about the Longhorns, let's uh, let's slide some basketball in there. Earlier this week, K-State opened their new season at home. It was not easy. Much better second half, though, in a 67-54 win against the Bison of North Dakota State. Give the Bison some credit, Stan. I thought they were clearly the better team in the first half. But, boy, K-State's aggressiveness going to the bucket in the second half turned the game in their favor. Well, that's right, Wyatt. Uh, 21 points probably isn't going to cut it at the half, right, for K-State. But they came back with 46 and looked more like themselves. Uh, and they really followed the lead of Bruce Weber. He's got a team that's a new team. they got to find their way. And they got in love with taking outside shots, not driving the ball to the basket. Uh, North Dakota State's a team that's returning all their starters. They're well-coached. They're, they're the favorites in the Summit League. They made the NCAA tournament last year. They won a first-four game. They're well-coached, uh, have guys who can shoot from outside. They don't make mistakes. They don't foul. They really make you beat them. 
And K-State didn't do that. They just played along with North Dakota State in the first half. And guess what? They were behind. But at the end of the half, they started doing some things that Bruce Weber talked about at the half and said, we've got to continue to attack the paint. Don't settle for outside shots. And Cartier Jada really led the way, White. First time he's ever scored 20 points, had 23 in the ballgame, had a career-high six assists. And then McCall Maywean uh, has to stay a factor for the basketball team this year. Remember how often he played well and how often he got into foul trouble last year. Well, this was a bit in between. No foul trouble, but not just a spectacular night, just a solid keep-doing-your-thing night, and he ends up with 15 points and 10 rebounds. A very good performance for those two guys, and they need to be, re- they need to be leaders. I think Xavier Sneed did a nice job of not forcing things, not panicking, but he'll play much better, be a bigger factor on the offensive end, and they'll need that for the Wildcats uh, as this weekend they head off in a very interesting, tough early road season game at UNLV right away in game two. You don't see something like that very often, but we'll see how the Cats do on Saturday. The basketball team actually will be playing simultaneously with the football team. That doesn't happen very often. Both of them will be playing uh, in the mid to latter part of the afternoon. But it was a good win, Wyatt, because K-State fought adversity, didn't play well, didn't shoot the ball great from three-point land. But the freshmen and the newcomers kept their head. Everyone played defense. I said K-State had only 21 points at the half. The good news is North Dakota State had only 22 points at the half, so the Cats were right there. A good, solid win. That North Dakota State team is someone that's going to help uh, the evaluation at the end of the year for the NCAA Tournament Committee. Uh, when K-State's being evaluated. This is a team, Wyatt, that will help the Wildcats out. They're really good, and uh, K-State did what they needed to with a nice second half to win. Well, that ball game at UNLV will be very, very interesting. The Rebels pick towards the bottom of the Mountain West, but they've hired themselves a really good coach in T.J. Otzelberger. That should be a very interesting game. And K-State basketball will return home next Wednesday to take on Monmouth and um We'll see about that one, too. So two games before we sit down and chat again for Bruce Weber's ball club. We remind you that this is the Wildcat Weekly Podcast presented by BriggsAuto.com, where they never match prices. They always beat them. BriggsAuto.com, longtime partner of K-State Athletics. And by Kansas Land Tire, from the freeway to the field and everywhere in between, Wildcat fans trust the friendly folks at Kansas Land Tire and Service for all their tire and auto service needs. Visit thetirestore.com for the Kansas Land Tire near you. All right, K-State football again at Texas on Saturday. We'll have it for you on the K-State Sports Network. This Texas team is 5-3, and three, Stan. They lost a couple of weeks ago at TCU. Earlier, they had lost to LSU and Oklahoma. I think you can probably live with that. Those are really, really fine teams, both in the top ten. People, I think, were somewhat surprised that they lost at TCU and then they suffer through, I, I guess I'll say suffer through, they grind through a week off. I'm, I'm going to guess that they can't wait to get on the field Saturday. How do you see that? Well, the, the players I'm sure do because they're in a fishbowl. Austin, Texas is a big city, and Texas football is almost like a pro team. So it is a, a big subject there, and they don't come at it with a, a college mentality of, hey, we're rooting for our team through thick and thin, right? Why it's a... It's more of a pro attitude, like, why aren't you doing what we want you to do? You're not meeting expectations. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure on those players. And, well, you just get tired of being interviewed, uh, reading the tweets at everybody. You know, so many experts out there, so many people following Texas football. It's very distracting. But there's a football team, Wyatt, that really played at a high level against LSU 
and we're really looking back at a season last year where they won 10 games. You know, they played in a New Year's type bowl game. These are things that haven't happened at Texas since maybe about 2009, back at the Mac Brown era. They beat Georgia, a big time win. Do you realize Texas beat five ranked opponents last year, Wyatt? That's as good as I think they've done in the history of their program. Mac Brown did it a couple times. At five wins against ranked teams, they beat Oklahoma in the regular season. They beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and they had a quarterback in Sam Ellinger that just made you think, hey, Tom Herman's got his program in place. Uh, they're playing better defense, and look at this quarterback. And then he loses to LSU, and you wonder, is that a problem or not? And you think probably not, because LSU right now, as we know, is ranked number one or number two, depending on what poll you're looking at in the country, getting ready to play Alabama. So that was a really good performance by Texas. But then they started getting beat up, especially in the secondary. And they lost a little confidence because of the rotation back there. And teams started attacking them and saying, you know, why can't we have success against them? So right now, Texas has had a couple of open weeks uh, since this all got rolling. Uh, since early in the year. There are two off weeks for every team, right, Wyatt? But when you look at the Longhorns, will they get some of their players back? Will they be a little more healthy? Uh, will they be focused and respect K-State? Yes, I think they'll be. They'll respect K-State. We never know about the health, but it looks like they may have some guys back. But the fact is, you take these two open weeks into account. It's been a long time, Wyatt, since they've started a streak of giving up, think about this, 30 points to Oklahoma State, 31 to West Virginia, 34 to Oklahoma, 48 to Kansas, and 37 to TCU. Amazing. This is not just a blip on the radar, okay? That's after they give up 45 to LSU. So the thing that Texas has really got to look at is can they, just with some health help, come back and just dictate and say, look at our athletes, we dominate, we're physical, and we're back? Or are they a team that you can attack and move the ball? We're going to see. It's really going to start up front with K-State, Wyatt, and that makes it an interesting battle because K-State isn't going to come out like Texas Tech, spread it out, and attack that Texas secondary. That's not what the Wildcats are going to do. They can't act like a fish out of water, okay? They've got to start running, and that's where Texas' strength is, those big boys up front. So will K-State be able to find angles, frustrate the Texas defense, and get things rolling like they did against Oklahoma, like they did against Kansas, until proven otherwise, I think that possibility is is highly likely that K-State's going to be able to do that. But, Wyatt, the first part of the game is going to be very critical because I think Texas is going to set their jaw. I think they're going to try to prove something and bounce back for this latter part of the season. It's been a big disappointment. There's a lot of pressure on them. They're rested, and I think they'll respect K-State. They want to be a part of this race. They saw Oklahoma loss. They believe at their conference record at 3-2 and two, that they could make the run that you and I talked about for K-State. So I think we're going to see a very good version of Texas and their physicality up front is hard to deal with. So it's going to be a battle up there uh, for K-State's offensive line to establish themselves. But th- this is big-time football. Every time we've seen K-State versus Texas, it doesn't matter if it's in Manhattan or down there in Austin, Wyatt. It has been so much fun to watch. These two teams really get at it, basically have a 500 record against each other as Big 12 Conference opponents, and K-State's definitely not intimidated to play against the Longhorns. Now, it's been a little while since they've won there. I think it's 2011 with Colin Klein's group that went down there and and, and won a hard-fought game. But K-State's been in the games every time down in Austin. So this should be big-time football, Wyatt. Both teams really saying we're going to show the nation uh, that we're a top-level team and uh, count us in higher up the ranking. So the winner has a lot to gain. I don't think it's a disaster for either team that loses. It's just part of being 
competitive in the Big 12. But I'm so excited, Wyatt. This, this team has been fun to watch. They found their identity, and they are oozing with confidence and physicality. And those are some good things to have at this point in the season if you're a K-State fan. No question about that. It's going to be a heck of a weekend in the Big 12. The 11 a.m. games are Baylor at TCU, Texas Tech at West Virginia. The Mountaineers will be in Manhattan next weekend. And then at 2.30, the Cats and the Longhorns. ESPN is the television. Our radio network coverage begins at 12.30. And then Iowa State at Oklahoma Saturday night at 7. That's going to wrap up our Wildcat Weekly Podcast for this week, presented by BriggsAuto.com and by Kansas Land Tire. For Stan Weber, I'm Wyatt Thompson. Thanks so much for listening, and go Cats! This has been the official Wildcat Podcast, presented by Briggs Auto Group and Kansas Land Tire. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.